That clip is from the movie Unbroken, and uh, in, in that movie, what we just saw there was uh, the, the guy that came over and asked the question is Louie, and he's the main character. And he asked the question that a lot of us could probably ask, and that is, when the plane lands, when there's no reason anymore to ask God for something, why pray? Because for a lot of us, for a lot of people, when we think of prayer, what we think of is asking God for something. We think of a prayer of request, but in reality, there's all kinds of different kinds of prayer, and there's different ways to pray. We can come to God with praise. We can come to God with thanksgiving. Uh, We can come to God uh, just to be in His presence and to listen to Him. You know, there's all kinds of different kinds of prayer, not just prayers of request. Prayers of request are great, Uh, but but there's more to prayer than just prayers of request, and that's what uh, the pilot was really doing there after the plane had landed. There was plenty to pray about. And whatever the prayer prayer type is that we're praying, what's important is to recognize that there is someone there. You know, Louis is asking, does he he answer? (laughs) Does God answer? And for a lot of people in prayer, because because we're so busy asking and and then leaving before giving God an opportunity to speak, be tough to answer that question. But a prayer of faith is one where we go before God and recognize that there is someone there and, and that therefore there is something to, to sit there and linger with God over. And that prayer of faith, ultimately, regardless of the type of prayer that we pray, that prayer of faith is what changes me. Take those two blind men that we heard about just a little while ago where they came to Jesus with a prayer. And the prayer was, Lord, we want to see. But Jesus had a question for them. His question was, do you believe? Do you have faith? Because faith is really what gives prayer its power, regardless of the kind of prayer that it is that we might be praying. And in the case of the blind men, they were transformed because of the faith that was in their prayer. They, they experienced a transformation in their life. This prayer of faith really, literally, is what changed those two blind men, and they were never the same again. Now, for us, when we go to God in prayer, and we go to Him with that prayer of faith, recognizing that there is a God there, that someone is listening, and we're trusting it to Him, when, when I go to Him like that, and I trust Uh, Whatever that is to his care, if it's a prayer of request, trusting it to his care, I start to relax because now God's got it. And when I when I relax and turn it over to God, that gives God some elbow room to begin to work, not just in in the area that I was praying about or the person that I was praying for, but in my own life too. There was a time when when I was struggling in a uh, with a relationship with somebody and and. so I, I brought it to the Lord and said, Lord, this person's got some issues. You know, you know, Lord, you, you, if, if you would, you've you got to work on this one. You've got to work on this one. You've got to work on this issue over here. And then maybe our relationship would be okay. And uh, as soon as I prayed that prayer, I'd left it in his hands, prayer of faith, um, and I began to relax. And I discovered that as soon as that happened, my attitude began to change. And as soon as my attitude began to change, I began to see things I couldn't see before. And I began to see that maybe there was an issue that I had with this thing over here or this one over here that I need to work on. I began to behave differently. Before you know it, the relationship was radically improved. I went back to the Lord and said, Lord, thank you that this relationship is improved. 
But Lord, I think we had a communication problem here because I prayed for you to change their issues, not mine. But that's the way that it works, is that in a prayer of faith, when we are recognizing that God is God and that He is there, it gives Him some elbow room to work, and it's the prayer that changes me. And in the midst of a prayer like that, what we can discover, too, is that because we recognize that God is there, that it means that, that God may actually have something to say to us. And therefore, it's important to stop and to listen to what it is that God might have to say. But in our culture today, we hate silence. We want to fill silence with, with all kinds of junk, all kinds of noise, that drowns out the voice of God so that it's difficult to hear what it is that he might have to say. Now, in the case of Samuel, he discovered that God had something to say. He was just a boy when he heard from the Lord. And he and Eli, his mentor, the one that he had come to serve, couldn't figure out at first that it even was the Lord. It says in in that passage right before it, it says that, that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, which tells me that people were having a tough time listening to God. So tough that when God was speaking, it was difficult to even recognize that it was his voice. But finally, Eli recognized it, and in 1 Samuel 3, verse 9, it says this, Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Boy, that's great, great advice for any one of us. As a matter of fact, it, it, it's the kind of advice that we could take to heart and, and use it in our own prayers to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then listen for what he might have to say to you. And what he has to say to you sometimes could be in an audible voice, sometimes could be in a gentle whisper, sometimes could be a prompting on your heart, it could be his presence in your life, it could be the joy of his presence, his peace coming over you in that moment as you focus on Him and listen with a prayer of faith for Him because a prayer of faith listens. Now, there's a poem about Samuel that goes like this that is also in and of itself a prayer. And it says this, Oh, give me Samuel's ear, an open ear, O Lord, alive and quick to hear each whisper of thy word, like him to answer to thy call and to obey thee first of all. The Lord says about this in Psalm 46. He says, be still and know that I am God. And we can know that God is God when we see these things that we prayed for in prayers of request that, that it actually has made a difference and something has happened. But we can also see that God is God in the silence. When we listen for Him, when we, when we are still and we know in that silence that He is God. Elijah is one who almost missed it. He was on the run for his life. He was terrified. He was afraid that he was going to die. And, and he ran, and God somehow guided him, got his attention enough to guide him to the mouth of this cave where he heard the gentle whisper of God. And he almost missed it because you have to focus and you have to listen and, and, and really want to hear him to be able to hear a gentle whisper. You have to be still and know that he is God. But by doing that... Elijah was changed. It was the prayer that changed him. 
as he came into that prayer, he was timid, he was afraid, he didn't want, you know, he, he was afraid on the one hand for his life, on the other hand, he didn't want to live. You know, he, he didn't know what to do, he didn't know what step to take. When he got up from that prayer, after hearing the gentle whisper of God, he was assured, he knew which ne- next step he was to take, he was confident, he was ready to go, he was focused. It was the prayer that changed him. Outside of Chicago, in a suburb of Chicago, there's a megachurch there called Willow Creek. You might be familiar with it. And uh, Bill Hybels is the lead pastor of that church. And there, one Friday afternoon, he decided that he would send out an email blast to his congregation, thousands of members, and in the email blast, ask them to give him email replies about times that they have heard the whisper of God, the gentle voice of God. By Monday, when he came in and he checked his email, there, lo and behold, in his inbox, he found 500 heartfelt replies to his email requests with stories of having heard from God. And the whisper of God was in various different subjects, various different categories, vocational, relational, spiritual, physical, medical, financial, uh, all kinds of different subjects and uh, all kinds of different tones tones of affirmation, tones of admonition, correction, things like that, all kinds of different things, real variety. Anyway, he he shared some of these emails in a book that he wrote, and I thought I'd share some of these with you today. One of these is from a woman named Jane who wrote this way. She said in her email, she said, God did whisper to me once. I'm absolutely sure of it. Shortly after her husband had passed away, she was in bed crying herself to sleep again, And sense God offering specific words to her to comfort her. The words were these, you are not alone. And that brought her tremendous comfort to hear from God. It was exactly what she needed to know. And this guy named named Todd wrote these words in his email. He said, during my prayer time not long ago, I asked God how I could serve him that day. It was like he was sitting right next to me. He whispered these words, Love my people. And he said, That first-hand interaction with God caused me to look at people differently that day and for every day for the rest of my life. Verna was a woman who wrote that she had a difficult and degrading boss, a man by the name of John. And she said, my whisper was telling me to go into his office and invite him to church. But I continued what I was working on and told the whisper, no way. Verna and the whisper would go back and forth for a while, her no following each new prompting of that spirit. Finally, the whisper won. She wrote, I got out of my chair, walked directly into my boss's office, asked him if he and his wife would like to join my husband and me at church on Saturday night. Walked right back to my desk and collapsed back into my chair. There, I said to nobody in particular, I did what you asked me to do. Well, a few days later, Verna's boss said yes to her. And as she looks back on that now, she looks back with a smile uh, because John and his wife went to church. They didn't just say yes, they actually went. And they continued to go. And in time, they 
discovered that this Jesus was somebody amazing and wonderful, and they gave their life to Christ. They were baptized, and to this day, they are now serving in the church because, yeah, there you go, because she responded to the whisper. She listened to it, and she acted on it. Now, sometimes, sometimes people... Sometimes people will uh, be so bathed in prayer, so, so uh, focused on God in their prayer time and their worship time and things like that, that it spills over into the rest of their lives so that a person can listen for the voice of God even when they are not on their knees in prayer. Take a woman by the name of Linda who wrote these words. She said, I grew up in a family where yelling was protocol. It was normal and accepted behavior. If something happened that was aggravating or if an honest mistake was made, we didn't talk about it. Instead, someone just yelled. And as a young mother of two toddlers, she wrote, I never hesitated to raise my voice at spilled milk, upended dishes, or unexplained crying from my little girls. One evening, as I was preparing dinner, the girls were playing in the food pantry, stacking cans in an attempt, evidently, to climb to heaven to see our dog who had just passed away. Somehow, in the midst of their childlike construction project, a large container of vegetable oil opened and oozed out everywhere, on clothes, hair, little fingers and feet, and even into the cracks of our beautiful wood floor. I turned from the stove where I was cooking and literally was about to verbally pounce on my little girls with raised and angry voice. But in the split second... It took for me to turn. I distinctly heard God's voice say these words. Linda, no more yelling. Deal with the situation. Correct the children, but do so without ranting. In that moment, I found myself incapable of raising my voice and unable to find any disparaging words. To this day, she writes, it's almost physically impossible for me to erupt in anger. Thank you, thank you, God. Now, because Linda was willing to listen for the voice of God, and because the voice of God did come to her, because God did communicate with her, that family's trajectory was changed forever. Their legacy was forever changed. They were blessed because of that occurring. Now, God can speak in a variety of ways, not just with an audible voice. Matter of fact, last night, uh, following the service, a woman came up to me and we were talking about this, and she was talking about how uh, her son had been in a car accident. And when she went to the hospital, it was amazing how God spoke to her through people. And she recognized the voice of God through those people. God can speak to you while you are sitting in God's presence without any audible words, just simply by communicating His love for you, communicating with your spirit His joy and His peace and His comfort to your spirit. God can speak in a variety of ways. But to be able to hear it, we need to listen. You need to be still and know that He is God. So how do you and I listen for the promptings of the Spirit? Well, first and foremost is this, to tune into God's frequency, to tune into God. 
When we tune into God, then, then we put ourselves into a place where we might actually be able to hear from Him. We need to go to our figurative mouth of the cave, you know, that place where we might be able to hear from Him, that place in prayer where we direct our heart and our attention to Him and expect that there is going to be somebody else on the other end of that line. One day in the early church, when um, they were at a turning point in the early church, they needed to send out some people to reach the Gentile world around the Mediterranean. They didn't know who it would be yet, but they found themselves in this place of seeking God in prayer and in worship. They were focused on Him. And in the midst of seeking God, in the midst of focusing on God, God prompted them in such a way that they could understand that they were to send out Paul and Barnabas who would be these amazing missionaries who'd bring out the gospel and do amazing things in the name of the Lord throughout the Mediterranean, and people would come to believe in Him, and we owe our legacy, really, of our own faith to that momentous decision because these people listen for God in prayer and worship. And hopefully what you find here is that this place is a place where you can focus in on Him and listen for His prompting, and that this is a place that you can begin to bathe your life in such a way that even throughout your life you can be listening for the voice of God. So first and foremost, tune into God's frequency. Then secondly, test it. Because it's certainly possible for you to have some wishful thinking going on where you're, you're wishing and hoping that this might be from God, but, you know, is it really from God? So test it. Well, in the early church, the way that they would test it is, is that they tested it in the church so that there were other believers around them that they could go to and say, boy, does this sound like God? Does this sound like God's character, His voice? Does this sound like something God would say? You can test it in the church. Also, we have His Word. God does not disagree with Himself. He does not contradict Himself. So you ask yourself, does it agree with His Word? You know, if, if Old Testament and New Testament, you look at it and you say, uh, okay, that says one thing, but well, God's telling me something different. You know, oh, it's probably not from Him. Okay? So test it from His Word. The third test is this. Is it wise? You know, the same God who put things like the book of Proverbs in His Word is the same God who believes a thing or two about wisdom. So if you look at this and say, well, that would be pretty foolish. You know, is it wise? Is it from, more specifically, though, is it in, in accordance with God's wisdom, in God's character. You know, is, is it wise? Test it. Be in tune with God, test it. And then act. Act on it. God spoke and Samuel acted. God spoke and Elijah acted. God spoke and the early church acted. God spoke and Paul acted. God speaks to you and then it's time for you to act. Or like Linda in this story that we just heard from her, you know, maybe refrain from acting. Act differently than what you were going to act. Because this is the prayer that changes you. The kind of prayer that changes you is the prayer of faith, the prayer that listens for God, the prayer that, that expects that there is somebody else on the other end of this line, the prayer that gives God some room to maneuver so that He might change you. Pray that prayer of faith. And you will experience a prayer that changes you.